This is Marvel 616 Politics with your host, Andy Kirby and Jared Mayo. I got to tell you, I have been so busy lately that I haven't even had time to cut my fingernails. Oh, gross. How long are your fingernails? Well, see, I'm cursed with trapezoidal fingernails instead of the regular, like, conical ones. But, like... What? They're the shape of trapezoids. Like, the middle finger is like a... the, The fingernails, like a trapezoid. You know? Like, one set of parallel lines. Yeah? Yeah. So, anyway... My point is that the pink on my... The fingernails start really close to the tip of the finger. And um, (laughs) the white starts really soon. So even though they're normal length... They're actually smaller than normal length for most people. They look unkept because there's more white than most people. Proportionally. Is, Is this... So are you like a mutant? I mean, I was exposed to some minor radiation... Is this like a a real genetic abnormality? I don't know. I just I I I am just unsatisfied, dissatisfied, if you will, with my with my uh, fingernail situation. Do you know other people that have this? Uh, I don't. I try not to make it. I'm not looking at other people's fingers. You know what I mean? Can you take a picture and like post it? Like right now? Let me see if I can do this. I, I want to see these fingernails. I've known you for years, and I don't know about these these mutant fingernails. I'll try to do it. Can I post from Facebook from my phone? You could just text it to me. Okay. Well, I'm sure people on Facebook... Oh, you can put it up, right? If I text it to you, can you put it yeah. up? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to show you a picture of one I just cut next to... <laughs> okay, let me text this to you here. Man, the spot the the readers are just like eating this up. <laughs> I kind of forgot that we were recording. <laughs> well, I mean, if they uh, if they're nail biters, maybe they are eating it up. <laughs> <laughs> That's disgusting. Okay, I just sent it to you. You want to so, give your phone number on air or no? No. <laughs> okay, I didn't think so. So. Fing- so you're a fingernail clipper, not a fingernail biter. Oh no, no, no! I don't bite. I don't bite. I finished that phase in my life a long time ago. <laughs> I'm still in it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait. No, I was if I bite my fingernails, then they like all become ingrown in the sides and everything and I think that and I end up having to tear them out. What? Yeah. yeah. This is weird. No. Like if you <laughs> bite them, then they start to grow down into the skin. And I think that's why mine are trapezoidal. I've tore out both of my thumbnails before. Oh, ouch. Ouch. Yeah. On purpose? Well, yeah. To get them to grow back right. Oh, Andy. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. I got nothing from you, buddy. (laughs) Did you see the picture? No, I just said I got nothing from you. Oh, okay. Don't look at the picture. Tell me what you think. I don't have it. Oh, you got nothing from me. Yeah. Okay, hold on. (laughs) Do your ears work too? (laughs) 
I got. I thought that was some sort of way of you saying something like, "I cannot tell you anything about that." Oh no, I simply cannot see because I've not received a picture. <laughs> okay, are you a nine nine six nine number? Nine nine. No nine three six. You know my number. What's going on here? Is that <laughs> not it? We text each other every day. What? Here we go. Here we go. Oh, you got it. All right, it's downloading now. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> Ask me my phone number. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I got a story. While you were looking at that, I got a story from McVicker. He wanted to know about the next dead animal. Yeah. <laughs> so Miss Jacqueline ran over a kitty cat. <laughs> so um, it was a baby, which is a bummer. And she had to, she was like, Andy, I had to take care of it because if you took care of it, I know you would just throw it in the field and let the pig eat it, <laughs> which is probably true. The pig? The pig is <laughs> your dead cat? You throw it in, <laughs> you throw it in the field and hope for the best, you know? The circle of life. Oh my word. So anyway, she said she took it upon herself to bury it. So Aww. this is when I was in Colorado, so I wasn't there. Huh. Your fingernails are little. Yeah, I know. Huh. You can go ahead and post that on Facebook when this comes out, because people are going to be wondering what my fingernails look like. Well, you you need to probably moisturize, too. <laughs> <laughs> you mean my cuticles? Your fingers are wrinkly. <laughs> I, <laughs> I hate the feeling of, of uh, lotion or whatever, moisturizer, on my hands. I hate it. Yeah, well, if it leaves an after feel, but you can get lotion that doesn't have that. Yeah, well, if I want to spend like $10 a bottle on lotion. Well, yeah, but you don't want to scare kids with your gnarly hands when you're 35. I have a ways to go. <laughs> like in five years, the kids are going to be like, ah, it's dinosaur claws. <laughs> that's, that's so mean. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's talk about comics. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell tell yeah, let's let's do let's run through some sponsorship stuff that might be good. <laughs> okay. Hey, this catching up segment really was good. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> hey, no one has ever said I'm not honest. <laughs> this is Marvel 616 Politics. Believe it or not, we are a comic book podcast and we do concentrate on the Marvel 616 universe, not we don't point the finger at anybody. <laughs> that was that was it. Okay. Or the claws. <laughs> hey, I'm going for a lady death strike type thing. <laughs> You're winning. <laughs> <laughs> You're winning. <laughs> anyway, I'm telling you, I'm cutting them. I'm not. Anyway, whatever. All right. I, I lost track. Email us at Marvel Six One. Email us pictures of your fingernails at Marvel Six One Six Politics at gmail.com. Or you know what? Go to the website, marvel616politics.com, download our latest episode, find out what we're going to talk about, because we never know. I didn't plan on talking about this. It's just because I didn't get a chance to cut my fingernails today. Uh, also, follow us on Twitter, 616politics, um, and then go ahead, Jared, with yours. You can look us up on Facebook at facebook.com slash marvel616politics. We have over 1,000 uh, likes and people are commenting and discussing things every day. So we'd love to have you participate. Uh, you can also give us a call and ask us your fingernail questions at uh, 
what's our phone number? <laughs> 616-755-TINA. That's 616-755-TINA. Thank you. We've only had that for four years. I don't know my phone number. <laughs> I didn't know your phone number either. So <laughs> no, but go ahead. Post pictures of your fingernails on the Facebook page. And you know what? Let's make it a contest. Let's do the prettiest fingernails. Natural, not painted, gentlemen. The natural prettiest fingernails from the top uh, gets uh, some free comics. Sounds good. <laughs> Love it. I'll be the judge. No, you're not a good judge. No, hey, just because I don't have the, <laughs> that's like calling all all beauty pageant judges that aren't winners from previous years not good judges. It's true. What? <laughs> it's like going to a hairstylist like that has awful hair, or going to get your makeup done by a clown. Yeah, but uh, by a mime maybe. No, they don't. Those hairstylists don't do their own hair. They have to go somewhere else. But if they don't even have that good of judgment to have nice hair, I'm not going to let them cut my hair. Okay, if there's two barbers in a town, and one has really nice hair, and one has really bad hair, who do you go to? The one that has nice hair. No, the one that has bad hair, because he is the one that gave the other guy the nice haircut. No, you go to the other town, then. (laughs) The next town over. You don't, like, go to a doctor that's always sick, and you don't go to a dentist that has yellow teeth. No, you I mean, you can... mm, I'll have to think about that. It's true. Okay. <laughs> and anyway, your, we're, are, your, your fingers aren't that bad. Thank you. We're sponsored by Discount <laughs> Comic Book Service, DCBService.com. Uh, you can order your single issues at 35, nay, 40% off. And go ahead and use our one-time use only code that gives you an additional 8% off. And guess what? When you use that 8% off... In addition to the 40% off, they actually lose money. But that's how wonderful they are. They are. They are. They are. They're great. They're wonderful. I love them. They also have a sister site, In Stock Trades. Any orders over $50 are free shipping. I almost said free, but free shipping. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Any orders over $50 are just free. So. DCBService.com, free comic book. Uh, just tell me Andy said, Jeff. Uh, we're also sponsored by Community Retail Partnership. They are CRPSavings.com. You can look them up on Facebook as well. What they do is they partner with Office Depot to provide select discounts on a variety of different products that Office Depot carries. Uh, they're currently running a deal right now that I just took advantage of where you buy a, a, a Keurig starter pack with you know your K-cups and your your stir straws and cups and creamer and all that good stuff, and you get a Keurig system for a dollar. <laughs> yeah, this Keurig system, though, this isn't the low end. This is actually the, I think it's one of the highest ends they have, right? It's the B150? Yes, I went to the Keurig, I went to Keurig.com because I wanted to see, you know, make sure I'm not getting the wool pulled over my eyes. And it doesn't even list the price on there because it's that expensive of a unit. It says to call Office Depot to get a price. <laughs> dude and actually i just emailed um our liaison from uh crp savings too and i asked to order one too i got ours came yesterday did it oh does it work well well we don't like coffee <laughs> <laughs> or tea we like hot chocolate so we're waiting until it gets cold and it's 100 degrees today 
So we're not gonna get high, we're not gonna use it until like November. <laughs> How fast was the turnaround? How fast did you get it? A day. <laughs> really? Yeah, it was wild. We ordered it Friday, and you know, business day, and it came yesterday afternoon. Oh, dude, that's awesome. I hope she emails <laughs> me back because I've been dying. We've been talking about putting a coffee maker in our bedroom. In your bedroom? Yeah. Now yeah. explain this. So I don't, well, see, every morning I wake up and I go into the kitchen and start the coffee and then come back and then come take a shower. And I got to like, the way my house is set up, it's weird. Somebody put these walls in between everywhere. And <laughs> it's, I like, basically someone said, hey, I know a great idea. Let's put this staircase with all these dividers right in the middle of the house. So there's basically <laughs> four, no, there's five rooms on the bottom floor. And you, you have to go around, like there's two ways to the kitchen, but you either have to go, you know, it's like a beltway. You have to go either north to south or south to north to, to, to get to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, my point is if it was right there in the bedroom on the little nightstand thing, it'd be fantastic. Gotcha. So it's just a lot, a lot quicker and more convenient for you. That's a better way of saying what I said. <laughs> <laughs> Just, just throwing that out there. <laughs> Is that it? Oh, also, go ahead and visit Comic Codes. You know, throw some, uh, throw some codes up there. If you're not using your digital codes, you can sign up for five bucks a month, and you can uh, trade and swap digital codes. Man, everybody who is is trading digital codes right now, they're putting in all their back issues, like all the uh, Bendis Avengers stuff and the Secret Avengers, and then they're grabbing up the new stuff very quickly. So I keep it stocked with uh, with new titles every single week. Um, this week I'll be a little bit late because I'm going to North Dakota, and I can't pick up my books. But uh, jump on board there, start trading your digital codes and actually using them instead of sitting on them. Now fill me in. How is how is Comic Codes going? It's going pretty well. I got a steady, I got a steady group of, uh, of users that... Like, they renew every month, and they're on it almost every single day trading codes. So it's kind of like, you know, how when you're on the Facebook page here, you see um, several of the same people all the time, and yet there's a lot of people that read it and chime in every once in a while. Yeah. That's basically how it is there, too. Like, there's some people that, like, email me, and they're like, hey, do you have this code, or can you find this code, or I didn't see it on the site. Um, I get a lot of that, and then there are the ones that just every single week they go on Thursday and they upload all their codes and start trading them. So it's going good. I'm excited. Oh, so cool! That's great, man. Yeah. That's awesome. So anyway, should we uh, should we talk about? Hey, I wanted to hit a couple topics. Um, well, actually, you know what? We got a voicemail from uh, from McVicker who you called out last episode. <laughs> And look what happened. I got results. Yeah, but then he was all embarrassed. He's like, I didn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I can't talk on the phone that well. Hey, it was fantastic. He never said that. He did on the, on the Facebook page. He was like, it, it took a lot, didn't he? Or no? He never said, I can't talk on the phone very well. He didn't say that. Oh, maybe I insulted him more than you just now. I think he did. I didn't mean to. Kevin, I love you. <laughs> Dude, Kevin, send us a picture of your fingernails. What did you say? I said, I told Kevin to send us a picture of his fingernails. Yes, there we go. Maybe we could get like a moisturizer sponsor. Dude, uh, you know, I'm not going to use it, so I can't. 
<laughs> can't speak to that. Um, <laughs> so, hey, McVicker on the I, the Comic Codes has a blog, and it's kind of just like reviews. If anybody wants to do comic reviews for the 616 on any like 399 titles, it doesn't even have to be the 616, actually. Just email me, and I'll hook you up. I'm letting anybody post as long as it's rated PG and you check for spelling errors. I'm, so McVicker posted a great one about the uh, Superior Spider-Man number 17, the 2099 Spider-Man appearance. Mm-hmm. He did a great job. He did such a great job that we're not going to talk about it on this show because really the only way I understood that comic was by reading his review first. <laughs> <laughs> He did he did great. So anyway, uh one topic I wanted to hit. Oh no, no, no. Let's do the voicemail. Ready? Go. Hey guys, this is Kevin. Um I just had a quick question for you for your podcast tonight. Um with the uh it's well, it's becoming uh pretty heavily overused the uh usage of uh time travel and all that kind of stuff now. Um especially in Superior Spider Man and uh, Battle for the Atom. Um I was just wondering uh, what y'all's thoughts was on that. Do you think it's uh, lazy writing, or do you think it's just they ran out of all other storylines? Uh, just wondering. Uh, talk to y'all later. All right, bye. So, what do you think, Jared? Is all this time traveling going on at the same time? Is that just lazy writing, or what? Well, I think kind of he... He asked a great question. I'd read his blog, and I really wanted to record our podcast before he posted that blog post on his on his page about his theories. Because I'm, I'm very, I, I agree with what he's saying. Oh, dude, I didn't even get to read his stuff yet. Well, he he talks a little bit about the infinity gems. Now, there are six infinity gems, and if you look, each color of the gem corresponds to the color the hue of each of the Infinity miniseries. One, two, three, four, five. Except six is all white. And the only color that we haven't seen yet is the orange gem, which is the time gem. And it was the one that just disappeared when all the other gems were destroyed. Do you remember that? No. What series was that? Um, in, uh, was it in New Avengers, I believe? All the gems were destroyed. The Illuminati destroyed all the gems, but the time gem just disappeared. Oh. And it was orange. And so all the Infinity cover- covers have had a different hue, but the last one is white, and there's no white Infinity gem. So I agree with Kevin McVicker that I think it has something to do with that. Along with, if you look, kind of maybe a little more deeper, if you look at every 95% of the Marvel titles right now, in some way or another, are dealing with time. It's not just... Um, Age of Ultron and the X-Men event. It's Hulk has time stuff going on. Guardians of the Galaxy has time stuff going on. Uncanny X-Force. Like almost every single Spider-Man, Superior Spider-Man, every Avengers, all of them have something going on with time. And for the orange gem to have just the time gem to to have just disappeared, no one cover is is all in white, not in orange. Which and one is which one's white? Issue 6. Oh, I... Oh. Yeah. So I think Marvel is... I don't know if they're... They're doing something. I don't know what they're going to (laughs) do. I wish I could could speculate on that, but I think that this is going to be... I don't know if they're going to reboot 
or what they're going to do, but for everything to be revolving around this orange time and there's so much time travel going on. Well, um, we just we just saw the the cover to uh, Avengers 24, which is they said that there was like a renumbering, but it just says Rogue Planet number one. But still, on the bottom half of the cover, it still says 024. Well, I mean, according to the press article that came out, they're supposed to be re renumbering. I found that odd. Yeah, it, but, Scott Scott had posted that it makes it more difficult to bring in new readers when there's consistently a whole new number one, and it does alienate the the older readers as well. Oh yeah, it definitely alienates the older readers. But they already did that by by cutting out their by you know Journey of the Mystery. I think was the last one of the big numbered. Sure. So, you know that really. That really makes it so that it doesn't matter anymore. I mean, especially since they rebooted Uncanny X, uh, Uncanny X Men, twice. I think they renumbered them. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, um, as far as lazy writing, I, I think that McVicker's onto something. I I had not read that before. I had not heard that theory, but that is definitely something that I bet Hickman would do. But as far as editorial wise goes, I think that he that Brevort probably told everybody, hey. If you got a time story that you wanted to tell, do it now because, you know, it, it'll fit into our plans. And it's not necessarily that pay attention to this piece of the time story in Hulk or this piece of the time story in Uncanny X-Force. Is it Uncanny X-Force? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and actually, so is Cable and Cable X-Force. Cable and X-Force is doing it too, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Every <clears throat> title except for like Avengers Arena and Morbius are doing time stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's pretty That's pretty interesting. So I bet from an editorial standpoint they were saying, okay, if you have a, a time story, make sure you're, you're doing it now. Make sure it incorporates something about that. And then they'll, they'll tie it all in. But do I think all the other writers have the idea of what's going on and know the information know the backstory probably not do you think they're all let in on what's going on uh no not to the extent someone like bendis could be let in but they might have inklings well okay well he was i I got the feeling that mcvicker was saying specifically like superior spider-man and all and battle of the atom which we'll talk about later tonight um, those are extremely similar storylines, right? Mm-hmm. So is that lazy writing or lazy editing, or is that on purpose, you think? I think it's probably on purpose. Isn't it? It's more so everybody needs to have some kind of time event going on. And how, how many can you, how many different, when you, when you run in 50 titles, how many different ways can you have something different going on explaining traveling through time? Yeah, and actually, I think, um, did you read the latest X-Factors? Did you read uh, the last three X-Factor issues? I read the last issue. Okay, the the one about Longshot and Shatterstar, you should probably read that one. That was pretty cool. Okay. It's got, it's got some time travel elements, but I'm not going to give it away, but you finally figure out the connection between Longshot and Shatterstar. It's pretty cool. Hmm. Well, right now I'm reading the. I'm going through my old X Force issues. I bought all of them in trades. Which, which series did you buy in trades? 
the like the original X Force. Oh, they're all in trades. They're they're in they're in trades up to like issue uh, forty eight or forty nine. So it's like the old Liefeld, Fab, right. Fabian Niciesa stuff. Right, right. But it's I liked, good. I liked him as a writer on the Cable Deadpool series. Who? Fabian Niciesa. Yeah, I thought he was a he was a good writer. He got a lot of. I think he had to do a lot of cleanup in the '90s, so people don't always give him the benefit of the doubt. But I, I'm enjoying it. I like it, and and uh, Farrell always calls Shatterstar Shatty Bones. <laughs> <laughs> and you like that? Well, because you mentioned Shatterstar, and I was like, and I then yesterday I was talking to Jennifer, and I just name dropped Shatty Bones, and she's like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> You're like, "I've been reading my comics, <laughs> sweetie." <laughs> Uh, well, I hope that answers McVicker's question. Thank you for the voicemail. Uh, keep the voicemails coming. I know uh, we got uh, Aaron out there, Jason Edwards. We got a couple other people who, who send us voicemails from time to time. But keep them coming. Uh, we love to hear them, and we'll play them on the air. So um, the other thing I wanted to touch on, the news of Syria. No, I don't okay. want to touch on that because... Okay. I have very strong feelings, and we'll go off forever. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, no, this all-new Marvel Now, what do you think? Oh, is this like the top five thing we're getting into? No, 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 no. I don't <laughs> want to jump ahead. I just, the news, just the news of, do you want to talk about what they announced or no? What are you talking about? I'm talking about they announced and you posted about the all new, all new invaders, the in Inhumans title, and then uh, what was the third thing? The just the renumbering of Avengers. Didn't mm-hmm. they announce that? And they're saying it's an all new Marvel now. It's like Wave Two or whatever. Yeah. What do you think? Well, well we knew it was coming. What the all new invaders? No, we knew that there were going to be a new set of titles coming. I know. So what do you think about them? Okay. Well, this is the part where my voice is supposed to go up. <laughs> what, what is <laughs> your opinion and thoughts on what was announced? I think I like the modern version of the Invaders. Like stories that are taking place today and you've got Winter Soldier in there. So I'm, I'm up for trying that because I don't like the old school stuff. Which I know kind of bums you out. Yeah, why um, don't you like the old school stuff? Because they're boring. Those like that whole young allies and invaders. That stuff is boring. So sad. <laughs> I knew I knew that when you asked this question, I was going to have to be honest with you. You should know that you have to be honest with me for any question. I am, and that's why I was trying to just say, "Yeah, I'm excited." <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. We're not going to talk about this. <laughs> No, 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 no. What do you think? I think it, I think it would be better if they had a like a, a a writer that I recognized. I don't recognize that guy's name at all. Well, yeah, I think Brubaker should be the only one to ever write Winter Soldier. <laughs> yeah, but he's yeah he's out and he's not doing anything for Marvel right now, right? Yeah, but that's then Winter Soldier can't be written. <laughs> then that's it. That's all there is to it. I'm glad they're bringing him back. Well, you remember when there was uh when the Young Avengers first came out, and 
it was like Alan Heinberg, I think. Yes. And then after he wrote it, they're like, no one's writing it until he comes back. Right. And they waited for like five or six years before we got more Young Avengers stories. So if and I don't think Young Avengers was half of what the Winter Soldier was under Brubaker. Well, the they had the Young Avengers Presents, which was different writers, but then Heinberg came back and did the Children's Crusade thing. Yeah. Yeah, but how many years was that? Oh yeah, no, it was it was it was it was probably a good seven years. And kind of going with this stuff with all these, <clears throat> did you see all the the different postings about he is, she is, they are, we are? Yes. And, and then all these titles about the Inhumans. Does that make you rethink my theory anymore about how they're gonna do Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch? You see that that makes me and I'm sure Scott very very unhappy because I think that you you have a chance of being correct yeah uh, especially to jive more in the movie universe they're going to make it so that so that there's more Inhumans and people aren't happy about that it's kind of like they're taking the whole idea of um, you know is that person a terrorist because. On those posters, it said, see something, say something. And that's like the terrorist, you know, if you see something, say something. So that, you know, you can keep everybody safe. Well, that right there ostracizes and alienates all the Inhumans, uh, or whatever this class of people is, which we all know is going to be the Inhumans. But yeah, to me, it kind of takes away from what the X-Men are. I totally agree. So what it, if if... <laughs> from a meta perspective, if the X-Men are marginalized uh, because their role is totally different now, and there's more of them, they're not at 198 anymore, they're still growing, then, you know, who on earth is is regular? And, yeah. And we already did release of the Terrigen Mist when Quicksilver during Silent War, right? Mm-hmm. He stole the Terrigen Mist and he started giving it to everybody, and we, we all saw what would happen if the Terrigen Mist was an unleashed all over Earth and Earth-X and Universe-X. Yeah. Eh, it's just a tired concept. I, I'm i not happy that Fraction's leaving FF and Fantastic Four so he can write the Inhumans. He doesn't do well with a with a big cast. Um, he needs to stick with the, the offbeat, you know, Hawkeyes and stuff. Well, I think part of it, too, to me, is that, you know, Disney does not have the rights to mutants, okay? Mm-hmm. So that means that there's, they're not going to be including them in their movies anyways. They already have a huge stable of characters. So what's what's the point of making everything in human-focused and in human-based when that's still not going to give you the ability to use you know, Cyclops, Storm, and Wolverine in your movies? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you, you have to bring these characters to the forefront. I mean, maybe that's why they're releasing them now, because you have to bring them to the forefront and make them popular and make it a a cultural um, recognizable thing before the movie comes out. Oh yeah, I heard about the Inhumans. I heard about that. That type of thing. Oh well, yeah. That I mean, that's fine. Let's see Black Bolt and Medusa and and you know Lockjaw and stuff like that. That's not a that's not a problem for me. But if they're gonna go about and make the Inhumans the new version of the mutants. That's what I have a problem with. Well, let's talk about this. A long time ago, probably, well, long, but like a year and a half ago, two years ago, there were rumblings of some of the Marvel movies being an Inhumans movie and then also a Guardians of the Glad- or Guardians of the Galaxy movie. And I remember going on Hideous Energy and talking about this 
and how I would not want to see an Inhumans movie. I couldn't see how it was done, but I could see a Guardians of the Galaxy movie done, but I doubt either of them would get made. (laughs) And now we have the Guardians of the Galaxy, which is more than half done filming. Yep. And we haven't heard about an Inhumans movie, but we have heard that uh, Disney and Marvel set aside release dates for Marvel movies that are unnamed. Yep. Do you think one of those is an Inhumans movie? 100%. Wow. Yeah, there've been there've been rumors about it, and I think that the focus of Phase Three might be Inhumans and Doctor Strange. That's so weird to me. And then they're gonna they're gonna popularize them with the comics crowd, or at least make the comics more accessible to the movie going crowd. Yeah. Uh, I'm starting <laughs> to agree more and more with Scott. Yeah, I definitely. I mean, 98%. I I definitely agree with the stuff that Scott has to say. Because, you know, we've all been loyal for years and years and years, but now there's some, you know, movies that make, you know, billions. And so they, they think that by changing the comic books, more people will buy them. But it's been just been proven for since X-Men came out, since Blade came out, that that's just not true. Yeah, that's true. You know, no, no kid leaves Iron Man 3 and goes to a specialty store that has only carries comic books that they've never been to before and asks for Iron Man, and the shop owner is upset because he doesn't have something to give to him. Never has happened. I wonder if uh, these kids are going to Comixology and doing it, though. And there's a variety of materials that they can, they can have access to. When Iron Man has been in 5,000 to 6,000 issues, there's always going to be something for them to start, and it's going to be brand new. It doesn't have to be the new stuff that's coming out now. It can be the, you know, from Iron Man 1. It could be from when he came through Heroes Are Born. It can be a Marvel Adventures title. It could be a billion different things. It shouldn't be the stuff that those of us that are entrenched in the continuity, that that stuff has to be changed for that one kid. But isn't it... Isn't- aren't the most important stories the ones that are going on right now? Like from a business perspective or no? Are you saying that they can get a lot of money from back issues? Well, from a, a, I I guess that it's a really big business and how you look at it in that, you know, are you going to get a ton of money right now from this new kid? Or is the new kid going to go into the store? The comic book owner is going to recommend some Marvel Adventure titles or some old school Iron Man titles. And by that kid or that teenager or that grown up buying those titles, that money goes into the comic shop, which then supports him to be able to keep his store open longer than the, the quarter that he makes off the brand new Iron Man issue that just came out. Yeah. Does that make, I, I mean, there's different angles to look at it. And right. If I was Marvel, I think I'd probably want to support the comic book shop owner because that's the only way that I'm able to get my my product out to people outside of digital. That's him, the brick and mortar. And you see comic shops closing every other day, but there's so many things that could be purchased there to support if they had that Marvel support, you know. I don't know. It's a very big problem. <laughs> That can be looked at a million different ways. Right. Well, I mean, somebody could argue, shouldn't the new readers have the same or the new generation have the same excitement and chance to to uh, explore and learn about 
for the first time these superheroes and and the best way to do that like who are we to rob them just because we're we want things our way i mean there's an there's an argument there too and say hey you know we're catering to a new generation um you guys you had that one experience of learning and getting involved and everything is it is it bad to set that aside and say you know what we're trying to bring in a new generation is it is it bad to to say, okay, well, if you don't like it, get off the bus. Well, I I think that I think that Marvel is what they're doing is that they're they're somewhat insulting their audience and saying that they're not smart enough to be able to figure out what's going on. You know, when you when I started watching X Men in ninety two and you started watching Spider Man in ninety three or ninety four, and you go into the comic book shop, you know. Marvel didn't cater to us and talk down to us and say, well, we got to have something that's going to let Jared and Andy be able to understand what's going on. No, you know, I picked up my first issue of, I think it was like X-Men 23. And it's Cyclops and Mr. Sinister and the Dark Riders battling it out. Well, all I know is Cyclops. I don't know those other characters. But I got to figure out who they were. (laughs) You know? Yeah, yeah, that's true. And from that, then I went on to buy back issues trades, cards, action figures, clothing, and stay on with the series and then branch out to every series that has ever had an X on it, you know? (laughs) But now what they're doing is they're kind of shooting themselves in the foot by saying, well, we need to, you know, rewrite Iron Man's backstory so that kids can understand it and then they can just start here and move forward and not have to worry about anything in the past. When really they're kind of, you know, shutting themselves off from tons of, of money in in many people's pockets by doing that is what i think yeah but is there a point where they say okay well the backstory of the punisher no one even knows like people's grandfathers are now in vietnam instead of in world war ii so you know by the time the kids read this they're it's not going to be a relatable story at all well i mean to change from vietnam to iraq war i don't think that's a huge difference but to pretty much just say well don't worry about the first 500 issues those don't matter that's a problem. See, I, w- I would take the opposite on that. If you're going to change the origin, that's more of a big deal to me than me picking a random point in, in comic book history and not reading before that point. When I picked up the X-Men, I said, okay, I'm going to read Uncanny X-Men number 398 and forward. Okay. Well, then, you know, I know that their their history was set, and I don't have to worry about that changing and I can pick up pieces along the way. But to me, if you're going to go back and say, well, we're going to make it more accessible so that he can relive all this new stuff uh, or, or relive all this old stuff and, and change it. I don't know. I, I have more of a problem with, with saying, okay, well, we're going to update it. Like it doesn't it change the character a little bit or no. Well, I mean, one thing, because otherwise you are, you're going to have Captain America and Punisher be a thousand years old. Yes. So I think to basically just change it from this war to that war, something like that, I feel like is a a slight change. Is that what they tried to do with Heroes Reborn? Or no? Heroes Reborn was basically a way to get Jim Lee and Rob Liefeld back and make Marvel a ton of money. (laughs) <laughs> is what that was <laughs> well okay let's 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 speculate one more thing and then let's let's move on from this 
if McVicker is right about the Infinity Gems and the Time Gem, and let's say that we are heading for a reboot, like a new 52 of the Marvel Universe, which may not change all their origins, but actually update all their origins, how would you react to that? Which, first of all, I want to say that I don't think that's where we're heading, a reboot, because um, Hickman has planned out Avengers all the way through, you know, 63 issues. So, and we're not even to issue 20 yet. Well, why don't you tell me what you think first? Because I cut you off? No, I want to hear what... You've been asking me the questions. I want you to answer first. Yeah. Would I be okay with that? No. Well, I don't know. Like, they tried to do that but maintain the same line, and that was the 1610. That's the ultimate universe where they said, okay, we're going to update it and change it. Um, Some of the stuff, I mean, if you get good writers, yeah, it's great. I love the Spider-Man stuff, and I read Spider-Man. Like, right now, that's my favorite Spider-Man book because... Peter's not in the other universe, and I have to deal with a villain being my favorite hero. So uh, I'm going to, you know, naturally gravitate toward uh, where a hero is my favorite hero. Um, But then on the other side of it, going all in like DC did and said, no, we're not turning back. There might be a there might be an argument that could be made for saying, okay, we're going to do. We're going to reboot the universe every decade or every 15 years and start over and say, okay, this cycle in the 15 years, you you know, wait and see. You're going to be so impressed with how we have Spider-Man show up in the universe or you're going to be so impressed with, you know, and from generation to generation, you're going to have um, different uh different people enjoying different things but it could be like like the star trek series okay let's let's go back and do that okay um if they were to do a star trek tv show today you know you have you have uh the star trek the original series the next generation deep space nine voyager enterprise and there was talks of doing another one well some of those are all in the same continuity but some contradict each other some change it and update it well, to me, I'm going to go ahead and say, yeah, I like them all, but I like the continuity of Deep Space Nine the best. Like, that's that's my generation's Star Trek. Well, if we did the same thing with Spider-Man and, and Marvel, then you could say, well, I really like this version, like the 617 version of the universe, and I've collected all that. But now that chapter's closed and they're doing 618, I can go back and re-explore 617, or I can jump aboard with 618. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, I, it all depends if they have good writers or not. I would try to fight it for a while, like I've been trying to fight the Superior Spider-Man thing. But I'm kind of getting interested in the story. I don't like what's going on, but at least it's holding my attention. Okay. That's all I have. I can't give you a definitive yes or no. Well, but how would you feel if Marvel just says, yeah, we're going to reboot every 10 years. So I know those thousands of dollars that you spent on those stories, um, you know, came from your hard work, but they don't count anymore. I don't know if I view it that way. I view it because 
because I tend to ignore stuff I don't like anyway. Like, um, <laughs> there was, didn't we have, um, there was a time where all of a sudden the, who is, who was killing the Morlocks in the tunnels? What group is that? The Martyrs. No. The Marauders. Marauders? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So there was a time where the Marauders just showed up out of nowhere when the Sentinels, the Sentinel M, Sentinel Squad One was guarding the mansion yeah. after House of M, and yeah. um, Sabretooth had been killed in Wolverine number fifty, I think. And then all of a sudden he shows up right there, and they never explain it, and we're to assume that it was a clone, but they never really said it. Um, well, I just totally ignore the story. That doesn't even matter. Like that makes no sense. So, but but it does. Mister Sinister has always said from the get go that he's kept hundreds of hundreds of clones of the Marauders. So whenever they show up, <clears throat> nine times out of ten, it's their clone. That's a cop out right there. But that's been said for that. It's and that's just one isolated incident for them. I'm I'm asking like for for Marvel to say yeah, everything that you've known. Not just one stupid Sentinel Squad one story. <laughs> Everything you know doesn't it doesn't count anymore. We're gonna start it brand spanking new. And not only that, because these are the characters in the movies right now, those are the ones that are gonna be focus of this brand new universe and these brand new titles. So your Avengers is gonna consist of these six and not have anything to do with Ms. Marvel or Vision. And your X-Men are going to be these five, and they're all in black leather. <clears throat> and, you know, Spider-Man, uh, you know, the lizard is is this version of the lizard. and You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but don't they already do that? To an extent, but they, but they don't do it while at the sake of what's happened for the first 50 years. Well, let's go back to like the early 19 or the, the I guess the late 1960s co- Spider-Man comics. Like I automatically assume that some of that has to be wrong because, because it just doesn't hold up. So like I kind of pick a date and say, okay, this is where my continuity starts from. Like I already do that in my life. And so it's kind of like uh when uh, Mephisto erased everybody's memory about Peter Parker, mm-hmm. well, the Jackal still knew about it. So, like, that kind of... I accepted that, and I said, okay, well, I didn't read the story about the Jackal in the 90s, but, okay, something back then happened so that he still knows that it's Peter Parker because he knew before they got married or whatever, you know? And I kind of just accept that, but I don't go back and relook at that and then hash it over... I just picked the date and I said, okay, this is from when I started reading. And so I, I have a feeling that if they closed this chapter on the 616, I would probably do the same thing. And what you're saying about all that stuff that doesn't matter, if if I can segment it off, then I think you can too because you already do that for the X-Men the um, Wolverine and the X-Men TV shows because they're totally different and they, they'd have to make it for a different medium and they say, all right, well, this doesn't make sense because we have tons of histor- history and continuity. Let's just cut it off. Like in uh, like the Spider-Man TV show and the Spider-Man movie, for that sake, the symbiote comes from space. It doesn't come from Secret War, you know? Is there a question in there? So my question is, 
do you maybe subconsciously already do that because you have different versions of the X-Men that you you love like what makes one more one version more important this is the old argument that Bendis went back to and said no the 1610 is the main universe and his point was there is no main universe we're all telling stories here it's whatever you like most well that's a, that's crap <laughs> <laughs> That's not the sixteen oh two universe, which I just created ten minutes ago, is the universe. No, it's not. It's always been the six one six universe. <laughs> Everything else has been an offshoot. You can say what you want, but it has been. Well, okay. So what if you're saying that that's the majority of uh of of the comics that have been created have been six one six? Well, yeah, yeah. Okay. So what if they stopped it, and then they went you know, 70 years in the 617, and then the majority, you know, slowly turned from 616 to 617. What would be the real universe? Well, they shouldn't do that. Well, what would, though, in your mind? Would it? Would it, Would you constantly hold on to that and say, no, this wasn't first? Because then you got to go back to timely comics. Well, I think, you know, if they, like, obliterated the 616 with a negabomb or something, you know, because I, I think that was the original... The original thought process with the ultimate universe was that this is what we're going to be able to the original thought behind that was we're going to take what stanley and jack kirby came up with and the boil it down to the core essence of who these characters are and make it be a fresh launching pad sprinkled in with some new ideas is what it started out with and the ultimate titles outsold the 616 titles every month bar none when they first started out and then what they did is they got away from the the what they boiled it down to the gist of the 616 that they were trying to reinterpret they sprinkled in way too much newness and got away and just said we're going to do our own thing and look where those titles are now yeah nothing can even crack the top 100 is ultimate spider-man's not cracking the top 100 I just looked at the figures today. I'll pull it back up. I didn't see it there, but I'll look again. Well, I'm not surprised that the other ones aren't, but I am kind of surprised that that one doesn't. I but will look again. I think that's the quality of the story. That's not... I mean, I'm not arguing your point. Your point is valid. Uh, of course. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> All right, well, that's that was a long discussion on Mick Vickers' question. Well, it was good because it was something I wanted to talk to you. I didn't put it in the the timeline and the notes of what we're going to talk about, but I wanted to discuss the whole time issue that was kind of underlying. Because now Marvel's not focusing on every title. It is in every title, but they're not coming out and saying, hey, by the way, it's in every title. Do you think that it has something to do? Are they going to fold the 1610 into the 616? I don't know. I wouldn't. I would not be surprised. I I think they're gonna bring over Miles Morales and maybe a couple others. And you're right. I wasn't. I was incorrect. Uh, Ultimate Spider-Man was at sixty. Okay. All right. So it's right in the meaty part of the bell curve. Yeah, but when you got, you do have to think though. It used to be the number one title. Yeah. I mean, granted, so did X-Men, but it's still in the top ten. You know. Where well, the other ultimate titles are just ultimate. The ultimate is at number one oh nine, and Ultimate X Men is at one fifteen. You know that's that's cancel territory. 
Yeah. So I think they're going to take Miles because he still has some figures, and people have responded well to him, and they're going to bring him over. Uh, if they bring him over, that's going to ru- I, I don't want my universes to mix. I don't. Well, sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's too bad. That's too bad. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's hit some uh, comic reviews. We got a lot going on there. <laughs> Man, I sat down to write this review, and because it was an oversized issue, I was going on and on and being as concise as I possibly could. I was like, man, this is way too long for Infinity number one. <laughs> but that's what I got. It's, it is long. It was There's a lot of stuff going on. It's a, it's a dense book. So dense. Uh, you want to do two at a time, or you want to switch off and kind of give each other a break? I think we should probably do them together because they kind of flow in. All right. You want to do uh, Battle of the Atom or Infinity? No, I'm ready to, I'm ready to listen to your pearly voice. Oh, my, yes. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, all right. All right, we're, I'm going to do Infinity number one and Infinity number two. And then while you do Battle of the Atom, I'll sneak away and put my microphone on mute and get some water. No, you have to listen. I'm just teasing you. I'm going to ask you questions during my review. (laughs) I'm going to ask you questions. All right. (laughs) Infinity number one uh, starts off with a great cover by Adam Kubert. Good colors and good inks, but it doesn't seem to really fit the tone of the book. Um, For me, anyway. And I'm very interested in what you have to say about it, if it does or not. Ready? Go. Oh, sorry. I I had you on mute. I was getting some water. I thought so. I knew it. No, No, I'm sitting. Does the cover fit the tone of the book, you think? Does Adam Kubert fit the tone of the book? Yeah, the cover. Does the picture of the cover, it seems too cartoony and intense for what's going on in the cover or in the comic to me. So So you're saying the cover is too intense for what happens inside. Um, I'm saying that <laughs> what happens inside is more sombering and sobering than action adventure Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, I, I can agree with you there. Okay, all right. Um, next, we, uh, we have to deal with uh, Hickman's chapter pages, which I didn't really mind that much. Um, but I've heard some complaints about those so uh we then hit the story the readers are reminded of what is going on with the new avengers the illuminati created a machine to destroy the earths uh that are encroaching on the 616 earth they all feel very bad about stopping the impending doom this way but don't really have any other options we specifically see t'challa saying that he remembers who he used to be before he uses the machine to destroy the impeding earth We next jump to what we saw in the free comic book day issue of Infinity. An Outrider, and feel free to interrupt me at any time, okay? Okay. Okay. An Outrider comes to Thanos' right-hand man, Corvus Glaive, or Glive, Glaive, uh, and tells him that he's found success. Corvus Glaive then proceeds to the world that the Outrider found to request the tribute while he sends the Outrider to find another world to raise. 
At the New World, Corvus Glaive defeats that planet's inhabitants and threatens to wipe them all out unless a tribute is paid. We don't really know what the tribute is at this point, but we see Corvus bring a chest full of heads to Thanos. <laughs> Lastly, we see the Outrider on Earth, hidden, mingling with our heroes, looking for the last one. That ends the free comic book day issue. Next, the reader jumps into the Builder storyline from Avengers. Creators and engineers built from the builders are going from world to world destroying what they do not approve of. The creators and engineers run into the Space Knights, which uh, just had a comic re-released a couple well, last month, I think. And now we know why. Yep, yep. It makes me keep my eyes peeled for other things. Uh, the Space Knights fight, but then Captain Universe shows up. Um, and she says that the Space Knights will fail and that everything dies. She's here to watch the beginning of the end. Everything is subsequently wiped out. We do a quick scene with the Avengers and S.W.O.R.D. taking down some scrolls and hiding, and then find out that a ton of military feeds were very active in the space and then suddenly went silent. Then we jump to the Outrider sneaking into Black Bolt's chambers while he's sleeping and digging out secrets from his head. He sees a potential weakness in Black Bolt's brother, Maximus the Mad, but he does not find what he seeks. Next, Captain America and Iron Man with Abigail Brand from S.W.O.R.D. and ex Nihilo watch over Captain Universe, who is regenerating in a coma-like state after being, um, after being in the midst of the destruction on that faraway planet we saw her at. They learn more about the Builders now expanding their wave of destruction. Uh, we jump back to the Outrider looking through Black Bolt's mind. It uncovers the secret of the Illuminati and the Infinity Gems, but that's not what it's actually looking for. He looks uh, back further and finds about hidden kings and a lost queen. That is when he is interrupted by Black Bolt, who awakens and rips one of the arms off the Outrider with his bare hands. The Outrider runs and escapes after taking out two guards. Black Bolt's secrets are now in the hands of the enemy. Panic is about to set in, and the Avengers are called in with S.W.O.R.D. to assess the threat and meet up with other worlds that are going to battle against the Builders. They are going to war, but leaving a contingency group with Iron Man in charge just in case the Federation of Races fails. The team launches. On a dead moon, the Outrider crash lands but signals success to his master. To greet him are all five of Thanos' dreadlords, called the Black Order. Proxima, Midnight, Black Dwarf, the Ebony Maw, Supergiant, and Corvus Glaive. The Outrider reports that in Attilan, the inhuman, inhuman city, its king keeps what Thanos desires. But Attilan is on Earth, and Thanos' minions know to stay away from Earth, and state it to him bluntly. But then they are corrected because right now Earth has no Avengers. And that's the close of issue one. Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. That was a lot. Yes, it was a lot. So, what do you think about the series after issue one? When have we ever done a review where the other person tells what they thought about it? Yeah. <sighs> <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> why do i gotta talk it's a podcast man give me a break uh okay it was good <laughs> no you did a good job i liked infinity number one i i thought it i thought it was definitely 
the beginning, you know, it's setting things up for what's going to happen from here on out. And um, I thought it set up the new characters fairly well. I thought Black Bolt was the man. Yeah, and, uh, he was a, awesome. Yeah, and I'm a huge Qbert fan, Andy or Adam, so I thought the art was great. Well, that that was Jim Chung in there. Jim Chung, he was great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought it was good. I thought it tied. There's obviously the the there's the new Avengers. I like how they started out with the new Avengers thing because if you didn't know about that, then um, you didn't see that throughout the whole rest of this this issue. So you got the new Avengers storyline, you got the Builders storyline, you have the Thanos storyline. And then also, you kind of have the the Inhuman storyline harkening back to Hickman's FF and Fantastic Four run with the different queens and everything, yeah. and how there's a little bit of uh, um, unsettling, or there, I guess there's there's some disgruntledness with the different queens in, with Black Bolt. So I th- I thought it was good. I thought the art was fantastic, and I thought that like it was very like a very serious thing, you know, like, okay, how are we going to do this? My only complaint is, didn't we kind of see the annihilation wave before? Isn't that basically what this is? Yeah, I kind of, it, it did have some similarities. Yeah. So it's kind of like they just said, we're going to totally not pay attention to Abnett and Lanning's fantastic year long space opera, like years <laughs> long. You know, like Hickman's a great writer and he he really definitely has a story to tell. And it's it's about, I mean, it's obviously about how we treat our gods and what happens when they come for us and how are we going to defend ourselves and are they right or are we right? I mean, there's it's really, really deep. Um, And there's just a lot of story here. But it's kind of like if I were Advent and Lanning, I would be like, we already told this story. This is crazy. <laughs> well, I think it'll be a little bit different. I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will. And and there's there's better themes and deeper meanings and, and better tone. But um, there's less character. And it's more tone and theme driven, you know? And Annihilus won't be in it. Um, he's actually in... Uh, I saw him on one of the... the um, the chapter what's the breakdown where they introduce the introduction page mm-hmm. i think he was either in new avengers or avengers because he's yeah. actually going to be fighting on their side so oh well <laughs> then it is just like annihilation <laughs> <laughs> but i thought it was good i th- i have to say between infinity and battle of the atom i think that we are going to get spoiled because we have two of the best events and crossovers that we've had in years happening at the same time andy yes don't count your chickens until all your eggs are hatched (laughs) okay being a farmer you know all about that (laughs) all right should i go on to number two but i'm with you i'm with you i'm definitely very optimistic that these two are going to you know knock it out of the ballpark I just I can't believe how tightly everything is woven together as far as the Avengers, the new Avengers, Infinity. I don't know how he can write all this all at one time. He's double shipping Avengers. Uh, Infinity's practically double shipping. He's doing. He just came out with a new um, 
a new a new book from image like he's got he's got um two ongoings from image and then one more limited series that's going on i don't know how he does it well i think what what struggles is probably his characterization in that a lot of them start to sound alike yeah i don't think he's writing character books at all oh no uh -uh, no when you read the x-men you're like they don't talk like that they don't sass each other like that oh you mean hickman's x-men no i'm talking about bendis are you talking about hickman or bendis hickman oh sorry (laughs) bendis is definitely writing a character book okay are we are we in disagreement here you like what do you classify as a character book i don't know we'll talk about that in a second <laughs> let me do infinity too all right <clears throat> again a great cover but uh again it doesn't seem to fit the tone for me one difference right away is that opania is on the interiors and not jim chung uh we open in the middle of the attack on swords command center the peak thanos is wasting no time Brand detonates a bomb from the outside of the peak, killing the Thanos' space pirates trying to take over. Uh, they gain control. They gain back control over the peak and suddenly realize that the invasion force is right at their doorstep. We see a recap of Avengers 18. I think it's I think it's 18. With uh, Corvus Glaive is taking on the mutants. Proxima Midnight has made a deal with Namor. Which if did you read that issue, Avengers 18? Mm-mm. No. Oh man, you. You got to read that. If you know what's going on right now between Namor and um, and uh, T'Challa, they do not like each other. And because you know during AVX, Namor, uh, you know he he destroyed Wakanda yeah. pretty much. Yeah. And so um, well, T'Challa pretty much said, "I'm gonna kill you the next time you come here." And Namor makes this pact with the Ebony Maw. And he's pretending, or he seemingly is bowing to their pressure, but then he says, what you're looking for is in Wakanda, and to sick, to try to destroy Wakanda. It's like, when I read that, I was like, no, you dirty! (laughs) (laughs) I got really upset. Anyway, the Ebony Maw is attacking uh, an enchanced, uh, entranced Doctor Strange, and the Black Dwarf was actually thwarted by Wakanda, while Iron Man and Reed defend New York. We jump to Corvus Glaive bringing a landing party to Attilan to confront Black Bolt. He mocks that Black Bolt is a weak king, then begins to state his demands. Medusa stops him and threatens death to anyone who makes demands of the throne, but Corvus orders his own men to kill themselves to show that they do not care anything about death. If he were to die, another would come in his place to demand what is his master's and what Thanos deserves. He goes on with his demands, requesting a tribute, an offering of all inhumans between the ages of 16 and 22. He wants their heads. Corvus gives them one day to decide, and Black Bolt is ticked off. In space, uh, we catch the tail end of the battle uh, that I think was in, I don't know if it was in Captain Marvel or Avengers Assemble. I think it was in Avengers Assemble. Anyway, it does not go well. Um, We catch the tail end of the battle uh, from the other Avengers title, but the Builder's fleet follows their retreat. 
Um, Gladiator declares full-out war right there on the spot, saying that he will win here today or he will die in the effort. Ex-Nilo is commanded not to fight as the builders have made him, and Nilo comments, um, who do you think you are, little bird? Those are gods, or no, who do you think made you, little bird? Those are gods that you battle out there. So they say, well, you can't, you can't battle them because they made you, and we, we don't trust, uh, we don't trust you. They may be able to use you to defeat us or something. And he says, who do you think made you? Um, the Shi'ar reply that the builders may have been seen as gods before, but now they have new gods, and that's right when they show a panel of Gladiator and his victory. Um, just then, an Aleph, which is um, I don't know if in Hebrew, but I know in Arabic it's the first letter of their alphabet, which I think is interesting. And another, Nihilo, this one is called Ex Nihili, um, uh, lands on a planet, like uh, they jettison and land on a planet, and he has been commanded to self-destruct. He regrets this and says that it betrays all that he is and what he has done. He says that he remembers a time when the symbol on his chest meant life. At this statement, Ex Nihili commits suicide, spreading a sphere of decay expanding across that world. Disease, spoil, and decay mark the Avengers' first victory against the Builders. In the epilogue, Black Bolt calls the Illuminati together in a pocket universe where he can speak. Maximus the Mad is hidden, overhearing this secret meeting. Black Bolt tells of Thanos' earlier visits, visit and uh, the demand for the tribute. He says that because... Uh, he will be delivering his response to Thanos' request in person. He wants to give his library of records to the rest of the group. In the records, they will find what Thanos is looking for. Because Thanos doesn't really want a tribute. Uh, that's just a convenient lie for him to hide behind. What he really wants is the death of his last son. Bum, bum, bum. I I thought this 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 uh this issue wasn't as strong I didn't think just because we were playing catch up. If you're only reading the core title, I have a feeling that there's going to be recap pages in every single issue uh, of stuff you you didn't see in um, Avengers Assemble and Avengers and New Avengers. So that's not cool, I don't think, but you know, you have to make it accessible for everybody. But all in all, I thought I, I think this story is is really intriguing. I really like the fact that it's kind of a coincidence so far, and I don't think it's going to be, but it's kind of a coincidence that Thanos is attacking Earth the same time that um, the Builders are on this rampage. I want to find out why the Builders are on this rampage. Are they? How are they going to defeat them? It doesn't seem likely. I want to know what. Um, captain universe has to do with anything i really like her as an abstract um of and, and kind of a thermometer or a barometer of what's going on in the universe at the time i i really am interested to see if hickman brings in the celestials because i know he dealt with the celestials in his ff run so I, i'm really uh i'm really excited for this i'm with you man i'm with you i i, I think it's good it's i feel like stuff is Except for the recap, you know, lots of stuff is happening in these issues. And uh, that's always been one of my biggest complaints is that it takes six issues for something to happen anymore because people have to, they feel like they have to stretch it out and it's just a lot of, you know, fluff and nonsense. So I think like we're getting 
a lot of bang for our buck and with these books. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. These things are chock full and, uh, he doesn't skip on. I like that he he's tackling some of these some of these issues and themes about like how we view our origin, where we came from, what is worth it to defend. You know, who do we ally with when when things get rough? I like that. I like he's really tackling these things. You know. Mhm. But it is it is total juxtaposition to the book that Bendis is writing about. I mean, if you've been reading all new X-Men and Uncanny the whole time, there's really, like, character interplay. How does this character deal with this situation? Instead of, okay, well, we need a leader, so obviously uh, Cap is going to go. And the leader would say this, not Cap would say this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, anyway, I, I'm I'm really digging this. And I'm glad that he they got him to helm this... Uh, this thing. And I think it was probably his idea too. I often wonder though, if he feels cheated that hit like some of his greatest works are, he doesn't own them that Marvel owns them, you know? Oh I, yeah. That's an age old question though. <laughs> <laughs> you know, from the Hulk to Spider-Man, you know, just, just, uh, yesterday there was a, the lawsuit for Ghost Rider just closed and just the, how it was, you know, when you work for hire freelance, yeah, because I don't think his Manhattan Projects is going to be ever as big as his, his Marvel stuff. No. No. Marvel and DC, they're the, the flagships, you know? Yeah. It's <laughs> like, will anybody ever be as big as Elvis or Michael Jackson, you know? Or Tina. I didn't want to have to toot my own horn, so thanks for doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, because you clearly had a lot to do with her success. Uh, for many, many years, I would go into various stores and take her CDs and put them at the top and in front of other people's CDs. <laughs> <laughs> right, yes. That. W- <laughs> Why? It was just weird. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I'll leave All right, you want to hit up Battle of the Atom? Yeah, dude, let's do All it. Right. Battle of the Atom number one. The story takes place with Magic writing a letter to Cyclops about taking a trip to the future to look and see if all the fighting they're doing today is actually worth it. In the present day, the X-Men are alerted that a new mutant, Animex, is attacking and they head off to battle. The Sentinels show up, as do Cyclops' uncanny team. They decide to work together, but young Cyclops is apparently killed in battle. As he passes on, the adult Cyclops simply vanishes. Christopher calls to revive him, and it works. An adult Cyclops returns from thin air. As the team returns home, the staff unanimously say the original X-Men must return to the past. The original X-Men put up a verbal fight, and the time cube is somehow activated. The X-Men of the future have shown up, and they are also demanding the original X-Men return. So that was that issue. That was way more succinct. <laughs> well done. But I think that we both have our different points. You know, you're you're more detail oriented, and I'm more yes, no, black, white, hello, goodbye, on off. <laughs> you know. Yeah. No, I, I thought your review was was excellent. Oh, I thank you, sir. Now let me ask you, who did the cover here? Did Cho do the cover? 
I don't have the cover out right now. I'm sorry. Okay, all right. The interiors look good, but the cover looks really rough. Let me see if I can grab it. Who does it look like did it? La Fuente. That's who it looks like. La Fuente. But I know it's not. Anyway, it's probably Joe. Whatever. Um, I thought this was interesting how it brought in a lot of different things and, and how they worked together and they, they weren't really mad at each other. They were kind of relieved to see each other. Who was? The two teams, like yeah. Kitty and Cyclops. Oh, no, that's not Frank Cho. That's Neil Adams. Or, no, it's not. Who is that? Art Adams. It's Arthur Adams. Is it? Okay. Yeah. How do you know that? Where does it say that? Um, well, I could tell by the design, but then if you look behind the A on Battle of the Atom, you can see his signature box. Oh, let's see here. But he's always, he's known for a lot of that, that black, um, what do they call it? All those little lines, like almost like the hashtagging all over everywhere. Cross hatching? Yes. Yeah. Hashtagging. <laughs> <laughs> the twittering, if you will. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. I don't like this. He's an acquired style. I've never been a huge fan of his, but a lot of people love it. Oh, that's crazy. All right. Uh, what do you think about the design of this cover? I think it got a lot of people on it. Well, uh, yeah, that's true. But I meant like the design. Like, what's going on with the? The straight line on the bottom and the, on the side, it's like some yellow is overlapping. And the yellow just throws me off. Like, what are we doing here? Well, I think since Civil War, Marvel has been very strategic in trying to brand their events. Yes. You know, and I think they're starting to run out. I mean, how, what, how much more can you do? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And so they're like, we'll do yellow L's. Yeah. That's weird. <laughs> anyway. But I like the story. I thought it was good. Um, I'm really... I remember when we st- did a podcast talking about the all-new title coming about, and I was very adamant against it, and I hate it, and it's stupid. And I still am concerned about how this is going to affect continuity if they don't reboot everything. But the the original team has really grown on me, and I really like them. <laughs> I do, too. I definitely do too. I like the interplay that they've got with each other and how Angel's on the other team and and um it's it's been a good title and this really feels like just another issue of all new X-Men. Yeah. I'm kind of worried about how it's going to translate over to uh to other writers stuff. Well, I think I don't know. Do you think they're going to go at the end of this they're going to be shipped to the past? Well, I meant like, uh, you know, Brian Wood and Jason Aaron, their pieces. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, but I mean, as far as your question, are they going to go to the past? Not after this, I don't think. Not right away. I think they're going to stay and then they're going to have time. I don't know. I don't know. I I never considered the fact that they would go. I didn't consider that as a possibility. I just assumed that they they would not go and then we would find out that the the new team is not the real or the future team is not really a real team or that they're but don't you think they have to go back i mean this is going to screw up everything 
I would almost think that this story right here is going to release them from having to go back. Somehow we're going to get a split. Like the the when uh, young Cyclops died, that tells you right there that it is not an alternate reality. Yeah. Because old Cyclops died. Yep. So he has to go back is what what we saw. But I wouldn't be surprised if they came in and they said, okay, now we're going to do something because that new team came back that it's going to make it a, an alternate reality. This might be the event that splits it. And then they may be in here to stay, you know? We might have Jean Grey back from this. And then we might have, you know, some of the... We might have to keep some of the new guys and kill some of the old guys, like kill Angel and have a new young Angel or Iceman or whatever. Well, talk about not being accessible to new readers then. Well, that's true, but I mean... I mean, it's the same thing with uh, with Cable and like eventually Cable and and Rachel, uh, they just become old hat. Okay, yeah, I don't know their backstory, but they came and they're out kind of out of time and they're you know, but they're here now. Yeah, but to explain, we've got <clears throat> this beast and then we've got another beast and then we've got Dark Beast and we've got little Cyclops and bad Cyclops. People then- just people just pick it up. I don't know how much they have to cater. I don't like that they cater. We just talked about this, though. I know! And you were arguing the other side. Was I? Yeah. Like, well, they should. That they should cater? No, I know. I was saying an argument could be made. And is it bad if they say, well, you know, we've already... You've already had your chance to, to live this, you know, to get excited about this. I don't... I don't I don't think that I don't agree with that. I think it would be fine if because like I said, I pick a point in continuity and they say, "Okay, well, here's the status quo." I've never went back and found out what the deal with Rachel is. I just know that from the rise and fall of the Shi'ar Empire, I know who she is and I know her story. She was lost in space and imprisoned for a long time. And you're fine with that, and I'm totally fine with that too. What I'm saying is how is Marvel picking and choosing what is okay and what's not? I don't know. Like, we have to get Iron Man. Like, we have to retell his origin so it looks kind of like, you know, the movie. But we can have three beasts running around. Huh? Probably. That, I mean, which, it, it may really have to do with which one, which properties are in their home studio. That could be, too. I'll give you that. I mean... They may really be strict on that kind of stuff. And that's why I have confidence... Well, I hope. I actually, I, I hope that that's why Peter Parker's going to come back when the uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2 comes out. I would think he would have to be. Well, he doesn't have to because it's a Sony picture. But if it was under if it was under Marvel, you know that that would clinch it for me. No, but Marvel wants people to come, whether they own Sony, you know, the movie rights or not. They still want people to. They still believe people are going to show up in the comic book store. Yeah. After the movie. No, I, I I understand your point. Yeah, I mean, but they may be more... Our movies have to line up. Our cinematic universe that we're creating... I mean, because think about it. The people that are creating these movies from the Marvel Studios, they're all continuity buffs. They're all people who love comics. The people that are, you know, creating movies from the, the Fox and everything, they're not as much... They're like, yeah. oh, let's try to make a good movie. This doesn't work. Let's let's change it instead of. I mean, but I'm saying that, and automatically I think of the Mandarin and what they did to him in Iron Man three. So. But for the most part, 
you know, for the most part. I mean, Brian Singer made it a rule that you couldn't have X-Men comic books on set. What? <laughs> you know, that yeah. tells you that he doesn't care about the source material to me. Yeah, probably. Well, maybe he just was tired of people saying, wait a minute, it says right here, you got to change it. But for the actors to be able to get to know their characters, and then the director says, yeah, but don't read any comic books. You well, know? that I, I agree with you on that point. Like, they should, the actors should be able to, yeah, and that's why we got Darwin and, <laughs> exactly. and Emma Frost the way she was. Ugh. I was just happy we got to see Azazel. So. I recently found out I was wrong about Azazel because this whole time I thought that he wasn't a mutant at all. He was, but he's like half mutant, half demon, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I concede that point. And he's coming back. What do you mean? He's gonna be in the new uh, Amazing X Men title. Oh, Azazel. Yeah. Was he in the uh, the Draco? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Is that the last time we saw him? Yeah, yeah, he hasn't been in anything. Yeah, probably wise of them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what else do you think of this? Well, I can go into the next issue. Did you think? Did you see Dupe? I did. Dupe's little cameo. Yeah. Perfect. That, that make you happy? <laughs> it did. It did. Yeah, I like. They it. they are indiscriminately just. You know, Jean Grey is just going to town looking into people's minds, huh? Yeah, this is not the... Uh, I mean, she's she's explained it that, um, you know, she's been able to harness her powers more at a ra- at a more rapid rate. Oh, yeah, she they've explained it, but I just mean, like, she's not prohibited at all. Like, she's she doesn't have any guilt about it. Hey, can I just say on this page where Scott, young Scott runs away from the group and the Sentinel shoots him. When I read that, I had to look five times because I thought it blew off his head. (laughs) You see what I'm talking about? Yeah. Because his head is tucked in like that. Yeah. He's just tucking and rolling. I really thought that that thing that was hanging off there was his collar and his head. (laughs) And I was like, Oh my goodness, they killed him. And then like, when I turned the page, I was like, (laughs) like what? He's got his head back. Anyway, what did you, did you like the art? I did. I I'm a fan of Cho. I think that he didn't, he was he doing the savage Wolverine one. Mm hmm. Yeah. He really reined it in here as far as like, um, the the female characters um he, yeah, yeah. he usually is super excessive with that but this was this was really good this was like um this is a mix between Eminem and dotson mm-hmm. and i i really do like this yeah oh dude when 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 molly hayes showed up oh we don't know that yet oh i'm sorry go ahead i'm sorry god all right go to issue go to all new X-Men number six. Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> okay. Do what, <laughs> how about this? Do what you want, if you want. All right. I think we should go to the next issue. Good, good thinking. I agree. All new X-Men 16. The story opens with Cyclops' uncanny team reflecting on their battle against the Sentinels and the ramifications of that encounter. Back at the school, the future X-Men explain who they are, and we meet the future Kitty Pride, Deadpool, Iceman, Beast, Molly Hayes, <laughs> Professor X's grandson, 
and a female wearing Zorn's helmet. Now, well, let me stop you. Why in the world is Professor X's grandson bald? <laughs> well, because the the hair recessive trait is in the father. <laughs> but it passes a generation. Honestly, it does. Okay. okay. In all honesty, it does. Because, right. like, uh, yeah, it does. I go, promise. Go on. Go on. Is your dad bald? Nope. Was your grandpa bald? Uh, I haven't seen him in a long time. Okay. Was your mom's dad bald? That would be... Well, I mean, one of them is a corpse, so he's probably bald. But the other one I haven't seen in a long time. Okay, so you don't know. No, I don't. Just saying, it's it's the truth. Okay. Fantastic. All right. And then I got to thinking, well, who, whose kid is this? Is this Legion's kid? Yeah, I don't know. You know? Okay. All right. Um, so after their greetings, everyone but the original X-Men are in agreement that the original five must return to the past. I, However, love, I love how Molly is looking down on Wolverine. <laughs> uh, like how short he is and how tall she is. Yeah. That is fantastic. <laughs> anyway, go on. Okay, sorry. No, you're fine. You're fine. However, Wolverine shows aggression and a battle between the staff and the future X-Men ensues. It turns out that while the teams were in the process of meeting each other, Jean telepathically told Beast, Young Beast, that they needed to run away. Beast show, young Beast showed hes- hesitancy, so she contacted Young Cyclops, who was in agreement. Jean used her powers to extend Wolverine's claws, thus starting the original battle and providing a distraction for their escape. Rachel Gray confronts the person in the Zorn helmet for having inappropriate taste. The helmet is removed to reveal... Gene Gray. The issue ends with the blackbird stolen by Gene and Cyclops awash on the beach. What do you th- what do you think of Gene Gray coming back? And can you refresh my memory how Zorn killed Gene Gray? Well, Zorn was <laughs> it's so convoluted. Isn't right. it, wasn't he Magneto at that point? At that point he was. That got retconned, but Magneto killed Gene. Well, how Magneto- come they're not how come they're not mad at Magneto? How come they're mad at somebody who's wearing a Zorn mask? Because it got retconned and it wasn't really Magneto. It was Zorn's brother, the other Zorn. <laughs> there were, I know, there were two Zorns that we come to find out. Okay, so wait, the first Zorn was that, well, that was Grant Morrison. Yes, there was only one Zorn at that time and it was revealed to be Magneto. But then that was, it was revealed that that Zorn actually had the real Zorn locked up in China, and this this Zorn was evil and could shape change. Oh my goodness gracious. Who wrote that? Well, after the movies came out, Marvel, and they kind of got done with the whole leather thing, Marvel was like, um, we don't want Magneto dead, and we don't want Magneto responsible for this, and all that stuff. They, I mean, Grant Morrison's whole run is almost all retconned. That's a shame. Except for Phantom X. Oh, which, I wish that part would have been retcon. He's retcon now, too. He's got split into three people. I forgot. Yeah, he's not really himself, either. Wow, poor Morrison. Uh, he got paid. <laughs> <laughs> he's off doing drugs. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so wait. Who was writing when Zorn was? I'm going to look this up. Keep talking. Uh, Chuck Austin was responsible fighting that. Oh, uh, that's all I need to say, right? Yeah, 
But I feel like he was the scapegoat. I have all those. He was, and because it was like right after Magneto did that, Chuck Austin revealed the new Zorn thing, and Chris Claremont got a new title called New Excalibur, and it revealed that Professor and Xavier Professor and Magneto were running Genosha. Oh, dude, I I read, I tried to read so much of that, and that was before I realized I didn't like Claremont, <laughs> and it was just so hard. So, yeah, there's a little history lesson for you. Uh, I I I, yeah, they, didn't they have Sugar Man or whatever? Oh yeah, I love Sugar Man. Oh yeah yeah. You don't know Sugar Man? He was from the Age of Apocalypse. Yeah, I know of him because of that new Excalibur book. Actually, it was Excalibur. It wasn't new Excalibur yet, right? Which one? Uh, forget it. Never mind. Oh. Keep, I'm keep... here to help you, Andy. <laughs> no, Excalibur was when Claremont got the title. And there were it... three trades. And then new Excalibur was when Captain Britain took over the team. Sadly, I bought all these, man. Yeah, they were pretty bad. They were really bad. That's why I was collecting everything. Okay, all right. The return of Magneto and the second Zorn. All right. Grant Morrison intended Zorn to be Magneto from his first appearance. As Morrison stated in an interview after he left New X-Men, in my opinion, there really should not have been an actual Zorn. He had to be a fake. That was the cruel point of him. Did you not believe me? According to new X-Men writer, or, oh, according to then X-Men writer Chuck Austin, the X-Men editors liked the Zorn character and hoped Morrison would change his mind about the revelation. When he did not, they asked Austin to bring Zorn back as a separate character. Marvel also wanted to continue using Magneto. Austin stated that Marvel saw value in Magneto not being a mass murderer of New Yorkers. <laughs> Uh, Morrison has expressed criticism of this subsequent retcon in interviews. I'm sure he has. Yeah. Man. That stinks. So, do, you, do you see I would not lie to you? Oh, no, I knew. I knew that. I, I, yeah, I just wanted to know. I wasn't checking on the, 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 the veracity of it. What were you checking then? I was seeing if there was more details. Oh, I didn't give you enough? No. What else did you want? thinking kids all right what do you think about the new team i i kind of like it i kind of like it i want to i need to see them more i mean we've only we saw them in one panel in one issue and then they just kind of introduced themselves in this one i want to see i want to see what they're more about though i i did not see the gene thing coming no me neither just no way but that it was, was cool to see Rachel meet her. Now, who? Okay, how is Rachel related? She is her daughter from an alternate timeline. Okay. <laughs> so which timeline? Uh, the days of future present, I think. Oh wow. Okay, so not the same one that Cable is from. No. Is Cable Jean Grey's son? Cable is Cyclops and Madeline Pryor's son. The Goblin Queen? Yes, and she was a clone of Jean Grey. Gotcha. Alright, so in this picture <laughs> here, in this picture here, we have three Icemen and two Beasts. This yeah. 
Beast never stops changing, huh? That's what Wolverine said to him. He said, you'll never learn. No, 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 no. He said he'll never learn as in time travel. Like, why do you keep going back and forth in time? But Oh, no, I don't think so. I think he was talking to the giant horn that was out the side of his head because he keeps experimenting on himself. No, he does not. He keeps he keeps mutating. Okay. Don't you think? No? You can think what you want to think, and I can think what I want to think. I'm just happy that Molly Hayes was there because Molly Hayes and Wolverine, they were in, um when they did that, you know, uh, that free comic book day, Nation X. Oh, or one of those where it had like an, an anthology when everybody was moving out to San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah. They met up and that was kind of a cool story. And I like how she's kind of got a baby face and yet she's still grown up. Yeah. The only thing I had was, I guess, Jean's characterization and some of the others, like when you're with, with Rachel and with storm, you know, when, when Jean Grey, your mom and your best friend, just kind of shows up, and she's just like, "Hey, <laughs> what's up?" I, I I don't know. Maybe we'll see more in the next issue, but I I think that could have been a nice character developing, heartfelt moment there. And same with Wolverine. Like, oh my gosh, it's my girl. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I, well, Scott's gonna freak out. That's for sure. But I mean, we didn't see anything past when she took off her mask. Yeah, she took off her mask, and then she touched uh storm's shoulder and said hello and said hi to to rachel storm suddenly changed into an asian (laughs) (laughs) i think everybody's freaked out i think we will see some heartfelt moments unless they rush this story well the next issue is brian wood and he's really good with characterization so we'll see Let's hope so. But I saw some previews for it. I mean, it comes out tomorrow, and it's a even bigger cast than what's here. I saw Jubilee and Psylocke in it and Rogue, and um, so I don't know if there's going to be time for that development or not with such a large cast. Hmm. We'll see. I was surprised. I, I was surprised because when she took off the mask and saw her before I read it, I thought it was Hope. Oh. Well, we still don't really know who Hope is. No. Do you think we're ever going to find out? I think they kind of... I think that was one of those, let's start this but not know where it's going thing. Yeah, but do you think Kyle and Yost were... I mean, they they did okay with it, right? Yeah, but I don't know that they were allowed to come up with a definitive Hope, you know? Yeah. I mean, maybe she is just a girl, but what what set her apart that she was a mutant born? You know, who were her parents or, you know, there's... Are we going to get this backstory, or are we just kind of like, no one cares anymore? I think they let it go. Oh. Hey, what do you think about Wolverine on the side view of his uh, of his horn, of his his mask? You like that, how far it sticks out and everything? Andy, I'm not, I'm not on the same page as you. <laughs> what, what are you talking about? <laughs> am, am I at your house looking at this? <laughs> okay, let's move on. I was just looking at this art. I love this art. All right, well, I've got my book out. What is, What page are you on? Okay, it's the page where they're all walking around before the... It's like, it's the page before she takes off her mask. Or I guess it's the one where she takes off her mask, but you can't see it. In the upper right-hand corner, it's the two-page spread where Wolverine, uh, he says, time to come clean. He's looking at 
Professor X's grandson? I'm looking. It's right before she she kisses Rachel. Oh, okay. Yeah. What about it? Okay, you see how he has his head turned and all his I've never seen his face mask that far back. Like yeah. the, the fins, I don't know what they are. Yeah, it usually goes more up. Yeah, what do you think about this design? I, I didn't even notice till you said something. <laughs> but this is a pretty vital part of the story. I'm glad that you addressed this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, th- that's now you now you're just being rude. So no, we're, we're, what do you think about his fins, Andy? I like it. I like his fins. Okay, we're gonna move on <laughs> if we're done here. We're gonna do a top five. We haven't done a top five in a while. We're actually gonna do two top fives. Did you prepare two? One is a top four, but yes. <laughs> okay, ready? Top five. Top five. We'll see if your sass continues through this top five. If my sass continues. <laughs> you have a, did I say that? Yeah, you went kind of southern on me there. You know what? That's just some more sass that I'm hearing from you. (laughs) Okay, we're going to do the top five things that we don't like about Marvel now. And then we're going to do the top five things we do like about Marvel now. As to not leave everybody with ill feelings. Yes, I like to call this the compliments and complaints portion. (laughs) Okay. All right. we can uh, let's go down from five to one and you are welcome to go first friend. All right. For the top five complaints. Yep. Of Marvel. Now are we doing, are we doing every other one or are we doing, or you can do every other one. Okay. I've got the Marvel movitization of things. (laughs) Is that a word? Movitization? Cinematization? Movitization? Yeah, sure. The movitizing of things in the Marvel Universe. That's great. I love it. No, I hate it. That's why it's a complaint. No, I love the word. Okay. Right. I hate the meaning. Yeah, no, I I agree. My number five was too much time travel. Mm, Very good. But, But, you know, if you're right about, and McVicker's right, then I might, I might really appreciate that. And that might become in my other list. Oh, you might think it changed. Yeah. Oh, all right. If it all comes to a real story about, and they have a reason why they're doing it all at once other than editorial, then, yeah, I would change it from a negative to a positive. Hmm, we might have to do one of these in the next six months. Uh-huh. All right. Number four, Age of Ultron. It just sucked. <laughs> it was bad. So it, it was quite a letdown. <clears throat> Um, my number four, double shipping. Oh, you don't like double shipping. I do not like double shipping. I do not have time to settle in and say, okay, this is what's going on in this storyline. It's too much information flying at me at one time. Oh. And also I think it, you know, cheapens only good writers can do that. And so when you put double shipping on a bad writer, the book truly suffers. Gotcha. Okay. Well, my number three 
is Avengers titles. There's too many of them. And is there anyone that's not an Avenger? <laughs> that's a lot wrapped into one, buddy. <laughs> Are you just saying the title? Like, there's it's on too many books? Well, I mean, it used to be you'd get Avengers once a month. It was just Avengers. The Avengers were Cap, Iron Man, Thor, and a couple other people. And now Avengers has like 800 titles, and they're all Avengers. I agree. There are a lot. Yeah. But it's like the same it. with the X-Men books, right? Yeah, that has been going on before Marvel now, so that's why I couldn't put that. Oh, I see. I see. I mean, it used to be like to be on the Avengers or be on the X-Men, it was an elite thing. It's like not everybody got to be an Avenger. Not everybody got to be on the X-Men. But now they're like doing a recruitment drive every other weekend. Spider-Man's been on probation for a while now. Don't you, don't you punch another bad guy <laughs> or else you're not on the team anymore. But we really need you in space. So come back. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Your webbing is going to go really far against the builders. <laughs> Was that your number three? Yes. All right. My number three is blurring the lines between the 616 and the 1610. I'm not a, not a fan of that with the Galactus crossing over and everything. Mm. I kind of like it, but I got gotcha. you. I hear you. I feel I you, bro. <laughs> All right. Number two, Superior Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Peter Parker? I want him back. Are you reading Superior Spider-Man? No. Okay. Because it's not Peter Parker. I understand. There are just some things you can't do. <laughs> There's just some things you can't do. Yeah. Um, my number two is creative teams change up way too fast. And I think this also has to do with double shipping. Artists can't keep up, so you don't have a regular artist on the book. You have... A couple issues here, and then a couple issues there. You don't get f many fill-in writers, but you get way too many fill-in artists. That's an excellent point. That's really good. I feel like I now have a top ten complaint about Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> I've agreed with almost all of yours. That's really... It's so true. You don't really have those long runs, like you were talking about getting settled in, where you can settle in with the writer and the artist that you like, with the characters you like. Right. Because it really does change every six to ten issues. Right. 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 And so it's kind of like, what are we doing this for? Because you're never going to get back that feeling of nostalgia that you had when you started. So what does it even matter if they're starting to change up, you know, making them more accessible to new readers and movitizing them? It's like, well, these, you know, it changes all the time anyway. You're No, you're totally, you're totally right. And and it's got to be frustrating on the writer's part when they block out, this is where we're going to go. And, you know, you know, every writer, I would assume, thinks farther along than his six-issue story arc, you know? Yeah, probably. And a lot of writers, they, they write for the artist. So they say, okay, well, I know this guy's strength is this. I'll write it this way and, you know, give him a panel. And that's got to be tough. Oh, for real, yeah. They're like, it's Chris Piccolo. We need to have some animals. And some gold balls and <laughs> some dreadlocks. Yeah, and new costumes for everyone, but they're all going to look the same. <laughs> all right, what's your, uh, was that your number two? Oh, what's your number one? And my number one, com 
complaint Marvel now is too many X-Men books. <laughs> the direction of the X-Men is all over the place. I agree. It what would, is what would, so town. What would you rather see? Instead of 50 titles with 25 of them being X-Men and Avengers, what would you rather see? Less books, more solos, different teams, different, different team names. Different teams and solos. Like, it just, I guess I'm just still that nine, that mid-90s X-Men fan. That you could have a title like X-Factor, Excalibur, and X-Force. Even Generation X, you could have those four titles. Technically, they were X-Men books. And if you're an X-Men fan, you could read them. But none of those titles featured Wolverine, Storm, Cyclops, Rogue. It didn't, you know, it didn't feature them. You could read them as part of the X-Men or separately because they really didn't, their, those four books' objectives were not the same as you know Professor Xavier's stance. Does that so, make sense? Yeah, I would kind of liken that to uh, Bendis' Mighty Avengers, Dark Avengers, and New Avengers. Yeah, I could do that too. Yeah, absolutely. But but right now it's it just feels very discombobulated. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and there's too many of them, and and some of them are just. Like, I felt like Generation X had a purpose. It was to teach the new kids. X-Factor had a purpose. They were basically freedom force in working, mutants working for the government. Excalibur worked over in England, and it was kind of more on the weird, magical, kind of crazy stuff that was happening. But, so so they had a purpose. Whereas, like, Wolverine and the X-Men, all new X-Men, amazing X-Men, they're all Wolverine's team. And they basically have the same function. Right. That kind of stuff is just kind of... So that's why it's my number one, and I could talk about it for a long time. And the only one that's a different team that really could do something they're not using, New Mutants. Yeah. But even with that, like, they backpedal the New Mutants from all the character development they'd had the last 15 years and almost made these grown-ups as training Again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my number one is where is Peter Parker? Ah, <laughs> oh, come on, slot. He's got a movie coming out. That's where he is. Give him back. <laughs> Give me back, Peter. You know what? I would not be. I would not be sad if Slot just said, "Okay, well, when Peter comes back, I'm off the book." then maybe that would tide me over. Maybe I'd be like, okay, all right, I can last two more years. As long as I know that Slot's not going to write Peter Parker, but he's coming back, I'm fine with that. (laughs) That's my number one complaint. Where's Peter Parker? He's not in any universe. Mm -mm, Mm-mm, mm-mm. Stupid. Okay. What do you, have you seen this stuff? I mean, have you been following the the Spider-Man movie? news at all no okay well they they posted um the outside of a building that says sinister six on it oh really and paul giamatti who's playing rhino said that electro is definitely the main antagonist that he's kind of more of a side villain but and the green goblin is more of a side villain but uh that he he said he hasn't been told from the director or anything but just looking around it seems like Either the third or fourth movie seems to set up 
the Sinister Six. Hmm. So Green Goblin as a side villain? Like he's not a lackey to uh, to Electro. He's just maybe not the the primary villain. We don't know. I mean, they showed there's been some costume stuff that's come out that people have flipped out about, and they cast um, Harry Osborn. So. I heard um, Jim Carrey might be playing Cletus Cassidy in Ravencroft. That was a rumor. Is that true? No, it was a rumor. Oh, that's a bummer. <laughs> yeah, he did a really good Riddler. No. no. <laughs> but, I mean, I, w- I don't know if I would want him to play Carnage. I just, if he would be a good Cletus Cassidy with behind bars, you know, like a, a walkthrough scene, a cameo. Yeah, and maybe maybe that's where that rumor came from. Is that something like that is going to happen? That'd be cool. All right. Top five things we like are compliments to Marvel now. Uh, I'll go first. Number five, dealing with politics and nation states. I like that there's a, there's fallout, especially in secret Avengers right now. It took me a while to get into secret Avengers, but secret Avengers is dealing with uh, espionage more so or, or differently than, than Brubaker's run. Brubaker had the like the one-on-one um, espionage thing, spy versus spy. This is more like political nation-state versus nation-state with the new AIM island and their how they're functioning within the UN and stuff like that. It's pretty interesting. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I, I like that. Mine, my number five came from one of your complaints because I didn't have a fifth one. Okay. <laughs> so I'm gonna go with double shipping. You like it? I I would read if it was a quality title. I would read X Men every week. You know, there's some books that I just want to read more than once a month. So double shipping on the titles I like, I'm all for it. Maybe if I felt caught up, I, I would I would like it more. Yeah, and you read a lot more than I do, so hmm. you have more to to focus on. But I mean, I looked at the books tomorrow. I've got eight that I gotta get. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Dude, I'm so sad. I'm going to be flying tomorrow. I wish I could pick up my books before I went, but I can't. Well, with comiccodes.com. I bet, yeah, you know what? I may be able to claim some of those if they show up. You're right. I didn't even think about that. Sometimes I forget that I'm a user, not just the guy who runs it. <laughs> I forget I'm running a comic book codes company. <laughs> <laughs> Shut your mouth. Okay, number four. <laughs> um, I like that there's higher stakes in Marvel now, it seems like. Mm. Um, it seems like we've expanded. And I know that's the huge thing with Avengers. Like, we're going bigger, but now we're in space. We're not concentrating just on Earth. And and I didn't think I would like this, but I like how it's being handled. And then also, there's higher stakes within the X-Men universe as well. It's not just man versus mutant. It's like... And it's not just mutant versus mutant either. It's like, okay, well, the whole battle for the existence and continuation of our species um, depends on... We're not even sure who it depends on. Either our past team or our, our present team or now our future team, you know? Mm-hmm. So I like that. That's an interesting thing to me. Yeah, I think Marvel's definitely setting setting things up for the future. Just even with space-wise, you know? Yeah, good on them. Yeah, and that's even a lot of that's even pre-Marvel now, you know. We there had been nothing done in space for years, and then 
kind of, you know, the Annihilation thing just had, just came out of nowhere. Right, yes, that's true. cosmic things. Yeah. Um, my fourth one is going to be the possibility of series being released that we wouldn't have thought of. I, I feel like Marvel now, they're taking a little bit more um, of a gamble and trying some new things, whether they work or not. You know, like Morbius and Gambit, they didn't work, but they tried them out, you know? Yeah. Well, I, yeah, that's good. I mean, they have a they, uh, Hawkeye is such a success that I feel like they can take a chance and see if it works out. Yeah, you know, Avengers Arena and Venom and and you know we wouldn't have thought that Venom would have gotten another book, let alone we everyone really thought it was just going to be Hunger Games, but Marvel, and they showed that it's a lot more than that. Right. So, yeah, that's true. So I guess trying out new titles. <clears throat> that's really cool. Um, number three, tighter continuity than in a long time. It, it seems like um, I'm starting to see, you know, with all the time travel stuff and everything, it seems like it's everywhere, but there's a lot more crossovers. There's a lot more people entering other people's books. And Bendis did this a lot, but it didn't cross much beyond that unless somebody was tapped to do a special series. Um there, there seems to be like a lot more of the ones and twos. Like I'm, I'm, I'm collecting the, uh, the Spider-Man Volume Two, one through twenty-nine, and you know it had the like uh, one issue of Thor and the crossover with uh, Amazing Spider-Man. You know, I think it was Thor number eight, Amazing Spider-Man number eight. I think. Yeah. So you know it had that, uh, but that's kind of what it feels like. It feels like there's a lot more going on. Uh, these characters are a lot more aware of each other. No, you're definitely right. There's definitely a, a congruency there. Look at you, congruency. <laughs> I even put my fingers together as I was doing it. Was like... <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Um, next one would be... Um, I'm actually interested in some of the X-Men books. So that's definitely a compliment because my interest had been waning for a while, but but I, I look forward to reading quite a few of them now. That's good. That's good. And I have to say, like, yeah, I was holding on to a lot of these X books just, you know, they weren't that good. And I liked, you know, the hype of the ideas and everything about splitting up the team, but the execution, the writing just wasn't good. But now I do look forward to finding out what's going to happen. Unfortunately, X Factor uh, is is ending. That was one of my favorites. So, but he's getting another title. Yeah, he is. And didn't they say something about X Factor to uh, one of the? Oh, you didn't. You haven't been reading it. Yeah, he is getting another title. Yeah. Yeah, he said that uh, hints were laid in X Factor two sixty. Yeah. Yeah. So I got to read it. Maybe it's. A, there is a long shot miniseries coming out. Yeah, long shot saves the Marvel universe or what something. Yeah, but he's not writing that, is he? No, uh, uh-uh. uh. Okay. No. Um, number two, it's my turn, right? Yeah. Okay. More creative takes on characters. I think we talked about this. Um, they're they're taking more chances, Hawkeye, and on other solo characters. So I really appreciate. Uh, yeah, what they're doing, trying to do the Gambit and the Morbius and the Venom, and uh, I think they're they're getting surprising results. Some of these are lasting longer than I ever would have thought. 
Did you pick up Morbius? Yeah. What? How was it? Um, it kind of rejuvenated the character. It, he he seemed a lot younger than um than he did even in the in in, in the cartoon. Um, the story itself wasn't good. It was kind of like this. He goes to a bad town and starts to clean up as best he could. Um, it like wasn't trash a, in the street. Yeah, yeah. He was picking up litter everywhere. what no it was like it was like a town that was riddled with gangs and stuff oh yeah okay so it it wasn't it wasn't a good book but it was kind of interesting fresh take on the character i was more interested on what the the writer was doing and where he was taking it than the actual story okay okay yeah i tried to read gambit but as soon as they got to peter wisdom and the and the and the England team, I couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they've talked about maybe making a series along that line. So hopefully not. <laughs> but All that's right. that's my next one, is that... I know my other one was that they are trying out new titles, but I guess what I'm excited about is that there are more... the possibility of more new series coming out that maybe aren't on my radar. Because I wasn't I wasn't expecting an a modern day invaders to be announced, you know. Yeah. So I think like some of the new titles, kind of keeping me guessing, and I'm looking forward to what those are going to be. All the Brian Reed and Sean McKeever titles you can throw at me, I'll do it. Young allies, I'm there. Uh, they could write pretty much anything but that, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants to read that, Andy. I'm sorry, bro. I do. It was great. But you were the only one, and, and no one would redeem the codes for it. Right, that's true. Yeah, they probably <laughs> wouldn't even get codes for it. They'd be the two ninety nine books. We'll just sell them to you for a dollar. Take them. <laughs> Take them. That's a shame. Oh, you know what? Let's... Oh, never mind. But let's just hope that they don't t- try anything new creative with Pim. I can't take it. No, I am with you. Just no more if, reinvention. If you're gonna if you're gonna do something creative with him, kill him. Yes. Don't make him the the scientist supreme or give him a, a call him the wasp or any crap like that. That was Dan Slot, man. That was bad. It was awful. And you know what? I haven't seen him at all in Avengers, and I haven't seen him his only book that he's in is the Avengers AI, right? Well, he was in Avengers Arena, the last issue. Oh, was he? Because they decided to start looking for the kids. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I haven't seen them in a while. No, they're like, it's been three weeks. <laughs> wow. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Have you read any of the Avengers AI? I just read that, that uh, the one Age of Ultron AI or whatever. I read that, but that was it. That was its best one, and that wasn't even... I think that was Mark Wade. That wasn't even Sam. Yeah, you're right. It's terrible. Are you reading it then? I am close to giving up. <laughs> <laughs> I've read the first two. I, I don't. I, I will give that up. I will give that up. If you can think of how bad Uncanny X Force is, and then multiply it times Hank Pym. No. It's the same really- writer. It's the same writer. Oh, there you go. Marvel should get a clue, though, you know? Yeah. You know that guy's a breakout writer? He had one thing from Image. Not a series, but a one-shot. 
that took off and put him in the spotlight, and then Marvel hired him to do the Ultimates run. Mm. I did not know that. Yeah. It was about a man who was in love with a dog, romantically. What? Called Our Love is Real. What? Yep. So, all of you aspiring writers out there, <laughs> you can get a job with Marvel. For real? What yeah. in the world? Um, all right. Did you do your number one? Or is it no, my it's turn? turn? It's my turn. All right. Uh, the biggest compliment I can give Marvel now is that it really did feel like a new chapter and a new beginning with most of their titles, if not all of them. Yeah. I, I really, you can really say, okay, the Bendis era or the, you can say the event era, even though there's still events going on, you can say that whole section is closed. You know, it left yep. us and, and we'd still like go back to it, but that whole section is closed. Like sort of like, um, you know, when the legacy virus happened and Colossus died, that kind of ended a whole time period. And I feel like this kind of did too. Well, but almost like the Casada era is over. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good way to put it. Like this is Axel's time and he's in charge now. Right. Right. Not that Casada was bad. I really did enjoy no. a lot of the stuff. But I, I'm really looking forward to, okay, what do you have for me now? Where are you going to go now? Yeah, yeah. with each editor-in-chief, you know, there should be, you should be able to see some, some different, you know. And it's taken us, what, a year and a half to get to this point? How long yeah. has Axel been the, the editor-in-chief? Yeah, it's probably been a, a year and a half to two years. He's just a lot more, he's not in your face as much as Joe Casada is. Yeah. So I think people didn't realize Oh, I guess Marvel does have a new editor in chief, you know? Right, yeah. So, all right, my, that's number my, one. Yeah, my number one would be that we have an X Women book that reads like the X Men books of the old days. That just warms my heart more than I can even tell you. <laughs> it is a great book, man. Yeah, just to to have it, and and it's a book that I read with Jennifer, and she's interested in what's going on. And we have a friend from Freezer Burn that she needed a new book to jump into. And so that she's reading it. And it's a book where I don't feel like I have to explain, you know, for an hour about what's going on. <laughs> and um, it's there's a lot of character development and character moments, not just fighting the bad guy of the week or characters acting like I don't know them. Like they're growing. And it just really reminds me of the books that I really enjoyed when I first got into the X-Men. Yeah. Yeah. It's that, almost like the animated series. <laughs> it, uh, I am, I, I'm enjoying that book and the little tiff between Psylocke and Storm and everything. It's, it's good. It's good. Rachel. Oh, right, right, right. Right. Psylocke was on the wing. Got it. Yeah. Like that issue was a little far fetched. Well, I, with the lasso but, and stuff, but still it's comic books. Exactly. That's what you have to realize. It's comic books, and I think it was really good for Brian Wood to demonstrate that he's not letting the characters just use their powers like old hat. He's coming up with new ways for them to, to grow. Right. Right. All right, man. This brings us to our Tina Awards. The Tina Awards. 
How many you got? Three. I have two. All right. You covered a lot of detail on your summary, so this could work against me. Um, I think you... It's general enough. I don't know if you'll get them, but it's general enough, I think. <laughs> All right. I don't want to fight. I don't want to fight. Oh, boy. Um, okay, is it X-Men? Mm-hmm. Okay, is it when uh, the Uncanny X-Men team shows up and helps the all-new X-Men team? No. Oh. Is it... Oh, man, I thought that was really good. It was good. Yeah, yeah. My pretzels. Nachos. Triscuits. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right. I don't want to fight, like, uh, the, the future team and Wolverine popping his claws. There you go. Good job. All right. All right. Wolverine wasn't trying to battle. <clears throat> he was basically about ready to break into song and sing that to them. <laughs> you know, sadly, uh, Simply the Best has been in my head for days now. Why is that sadly? Because I'm not a Tina Turner fan. I'm not, like, she's she's good, but I don't listen to her stuff, so I don't know why it's in my head. You know more songs, almost more songs of Tina than I do. That's that's a straight-up lie, sir. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, break every rule. All right, break every rule. Is that going to be for X-Men? Yes. How they broke the rules and came to the past, the future? The past, yep. yep. Oh, the future team came to the past, okay. Yep, they were like, you can't, you can't come to this timeline. Oops, we did it. Yeah. <laughs> that was good, good job. All right, Paradise is here. Paradise is here. Jean Grey is back. Oh, no. Is it X-Men? Yeah. Paradise is here in the present because the future's all messed up? You're, you're tiptoeing around it because Jean wants to stay in what she views as paradise, which is oh, right. Oh, 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 oh. Okay. All right. I gotcha. Uh, yeah. I, I could have probably mentioned that a little bit more in the summary. No, no, no. You did. You did. I was busy looking at Wolverine's fins. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> yeah, yes. I'm not going to apologize for that. <laughs> All right. Here's your number two. You know who is doing you know what. They say you know who is doing you know what. They 
right, would this be for Infinity? Yes. Okay, because I can't think of much. <laughs> um, would that be... Does it have to do with Black Bolt? Um, no, uh-uh. Hello? I'm sorry, no. It has nothing to do with Black Bolt. This thing on? I'm sorry! <laughs> it has nothing to do with Black Bolt. Alright, is it because they all know that it's Thanos? Sort of, yeah. I mean, Thanos is... You know who is doing, you know what? He's taking the opportunity to kill all his sons. Gotcha, okay. And I think... Did you read the Thanos Rising by Jason Aaron? The I, just got the, I bought the, the... I have the five issues, but I've only read the first two. Oh, okay, alright. Well... Okay, well, I'm, I don't want to spoil it for you, but he's going to... <laughs> I, I don't know what to say. I don't, I, I'm waiting for you to go, oh, no, I'm going to read it anyway. Go ahead and tell me. Or say, no, 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 don't spoil it for me. Oh, go ahead and tell me. It's fine. Okay, all right. He goes around and you find out that because death is saying, okay, well, if you really love me, you got to kill all these women and all these kids that you got all over the galaxy. So you think that he accomplished that and you think that's what he is done doing because we saw that in Thanos rising, but that's kind of the mystery. Like what? He's got one more kid. Oh man. Okay. Yeah. So you know who is doing, you know what again? <laughs> and with who though? Right. Yeah. With, I don't know the sword in the living room with Scarlet. Oh, now you're going into clue reference. I, I thought that's where you're Okay. Oh, no, I meant, who is Thanos getting busy with? Oh, tons of women, man. He's trying to fulfill some deep desire to be loved in his heart, and nothing can fill it except for death. Yeah, so why is he trying to, you know, put a bunch of his brood around? So he can kill him later? I don't know. I guess, huh? Weird. Weird. Jason Aaron did that two other times. He did it in the Wolverine run that he did, and then also he did it in the Fat Cobra um, thing. The Fat Cobra one-shot from the five weapons or five immortal, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. There was a guy on on divorce court today from, <laughs> from Dayton, and he has 27 kids. Holy cow. And he's like our age or younger. He's what? Not a guy. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. How many times was he married? I don't know. I didn't watch it. It was on the news, the local news. They're like, yay, Dayton's on the map for... Oh, what a terrible thing to be known for. All right. Some of our listeners out there are like, what do you mean? I got 27 kids. Well, you you just have to basically, you know, by, times it by 10 and you would be there. Times it by 9 and you'd be there. Yeah. yeah. You could do it. I believe in you. Thanks. I got a vasectomy. I know, well, we talked about this, though. I could ramp it. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> ramp it? Yeah, they, right. cu- they cut, the, they cut the, the, the street, the road. Yeah, but I told you about my friend who's, whose mom got her tubes tied and daddy got snipped, and nine <laughs> months later, there was a baby. Mom got her tubes tied, daddy got snipped. It's true. Five <laughs> months later, there's a baby. <laughs> well, you live in Louisiana. I figured that's how y'all talk to each other. That's how y'all <laughs> just say <laughs> your last saying a good night. <laughs> Come together.
in Infinity One, all of everybody coming together to fight the builders? Say that again? In Infinity One, number one, all the different alien races coming together to fight the builders? No. The Illuminati coming together to talk to Black Bolt? There you go. Yes. Yeah, that makes more sense. Black Bolt got the Illuminati together to talk in that secret dimension. Yeah, that secret dimension, though, I wasn't a fan of that because I thought, oh, great. Now that if 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 there's a universe that can move sound waves to make him his voice not destructive, then that just means there's technology out there that can do the exact same thing and mimic that universe. So that kind of, you know, that's well, a potential weapon out there that they can just do. I think I agree with you, but I, I think what he was doing, I think it was a plot device because it's really hard to write Black Bolt because he can't talk. Well, yeah, yeah. No, I know that's true. Like, he had to convey something without Medusa necessarily knowing it, so. But then it makes you wonder, will this technology be used or this dimension be used a lot in the Inhumans series? It might be, which I think is a cop-out. Because I... If I'm not, if I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that Inhumans, the longest they've done is like 12 issue maxi series. Yeah, I think so by Paul Jenkins. Yeah, and it's it's got a, and I think he did another shorter one, maybe four or six issues, but it's it's a definitive beginning and end. He knows how he's going to get from A to B, and so you can kind of figure out how you're going to get around him talking. But to maybe have a full blown series where he's the star. And no talking, that could be a bit difficult. I don't see this lasting more than 40 issues. <laughs> more than 40. Like, yeah. yeah. I think they're, they're going to do it, announce the movie, shoot the movie, have the movie, and then kill the title. No. No, because there's going to have to be an Inf- Inhumans 2 and 3. No, 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 no. Really? Oh, I think so. I mean, this is their X-Men. That's really sad. But it's true. I mean, they made just some awful, awful decisions when they declared bankruptcy by selling their two biggest brands. It was foolish. They should have sold everything but those two. They should have sold the Avengers over the X-Men and Spider-Man. At that point, yeah. 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 I mean, who knew who Iron Man and Thor were? Right. But they sold the guy with the claws that everybody knew and Spider-Man who, you know, people in... India knew, you know? <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Well, we're going to wrap it up tonight. We're going extra long tonight. You're going to wrap it up, or did you want to ramp it up? Let's ramp it up. <laughs> with the... No, never mind. Okay. All right. This is an all-ages show. This is Marvel <laughs> 616 Politics. Email us at marvel616politics at gmail.com. Visit our website where you can download these shows at marvel616politics.com. And then also, of course, we're on Twitter at 616politics. Facebook.com slash marvel616politics. Or give us a call like Mr. McVicker did at 616-755-TINA. And, of course, we're sponsored by Discount Comic Book Service, dcbservice.com. Get your books, order them at 40% off. And, of course, they have their uh, – I think every month they have some books that are 50% off. Um, Battle of the Atom was 50% off. Infinity was 50% off. 
Do yourself a favor. Buy books from them. And then use the codes on comiccodes.com. You know it. We're also sponsored by Community Retail Partnership, which offers Sam's Club and Costco discount memberships, basically, for Office Depot. You can look them up at crpsavings.com. They also have a great deal, a Keurig for a dollar. Come on, folks. It's a Keurig. It's a dollar. You can make a lot of money by selling it on eBay. Where do they go to find that? crpsavings.com. Slash Keurig. Slash Keurig. (laughs) Okay. All right. (laughs) And that about wraps it up tonight. Hopefully we can get the show out tonight. So until next time, I'm Andy Kirby. And I'm Jared Mayo. Good night. All right. I don't want to fight. Okay, so what are you gonna? Are you? What do you mean? That's my Tina. Oh, oh! I thought you were gonna tell me something that was, you know, that we would disagree on. No. <laughs> <laughs>